The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, friends. Hello and welcome. Today, I have with me another really cool and amazing guest, Julia Wesley. And Julia is a soul blueprint healer and a Kashuk records reader who focuses on healing your relationship with yourself so you can live a more divinely intended life. I believe Julia is also a medium because it says that here right now when I look across it. And I had the honor to be a guest on Julia's podcast and just was so excited to connect with such a lovely, beautiful soul. And I just was really excited to share her energy with you. So Julia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Victoria. Yeah, it's so cool to connect with you again. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And when I was on Julia's show, at the end, we did a little chit chat and we were talking about this topic of ego. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this idea that the ego is something that if you're in the spiritual world, right, you've been taught that the ego is bad, the ego is wrong, and that, you know, you need to fight that ego with all of your might to transcend it and to Mm -hmm. let it go. And, you know, I've a long time had some trouble with those kind of teachings. For one thing, I think everything in life is here to serve. So it's really just figuring out how to make that work for you. But also because I think sometimes that the ego gets really demonized unnecessarily. So today I'm so excited to have you here to teach us about the ego and how we can work with that energy. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is one of my favorite topics. It kind of hurts my feelings almost that the ego gets so maligned because it's really our friends. So the way that I talk about the ego is that it's a tool, right? So your ego is just a function of perspective. And then, so when we take that perspective of the ego, then we can liberate it. We can stop demonizing it. And then we can actually use it the way it was intended to be used. I actually see the ego as sort of like a guide map, a guide post as to who you are and what your tasks are in this life. So that's actually what I'm doing when I go into your soul blueprint as I'm going into your ego, your specific lens through which God views itself, right? And so that's you. And so it's important that we actually use that aspect of ourselves rather than just trying to, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, you need to kill your ego. I'm like, well, that's a little harsh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. You said so much in there that I want to pick up and so many questions that I have. But the first thing that's coming to my mind is, you know, as a psychologist and having that psychology and counseling training, you know, the ego is an important thing because the ego is our sense of self and our sense of an integrated self. And people Mm -hmm. that don't have an integrated sense of self are often what we might call mentally ill right? Mm -hmm. They're not integrated in their own self and their own personality. And it's really hard for them to function in the world. And it's really hard for them to feel okay in themselves. So even on that level, I think it's really important that we understand that this sense of self that we have been gifted when we come into human form is here to help us and to serve us. And I also love the phrase that you used, and I'm going to get it wrong now. (laughs) It's what did you say? God's way of viewing itself. Yeah. So your ego is the lens through which God views itself. 
right? That's yeah. how I see it. I, I sort of see creation, humanity, all of everything really as kind of like a kaleidoscope of God. So I, there is one big overarching picture, right? But it looks sort of fractured and different and unique depending on what angle you're viewing it from. So that that's the image that my guides gave me because I was actually really struggling with well, why do we have an ego and why am I supposed to kill it? And what's the point? And, <laughs> and they, they gave me this image ah. of perspective and what lens you're using. So that's where that's coming from. And I actually, to touch upon what you were talking a little bit before, I actually use the self to get to the God connection, right? Because I don't think that you can fully connect with someone or anything if you're not first connecting to yourself and go through the self through the ego, your identity, to find God through that. So I think that's beautiful. And you know, one of my favorite teachers, Eckhart Tolle, talks about the ego. And he talks about the ego in the way that many spiritual teachers do is like the enemy, but he's really clear on as soon as you become conscious, you're not in the ego anymore. And I think that that's really important. And I want to hear what you think about it. But Mm -hmm. I think it's that unconsciousness where we become our human personality fully and completely. We become the pain stories. We become all of that, you know, unconsciousness and we don't connect with who and what we really are. And we don't serve as that beautiful lens through which the divine views itself. Yeah. So you know, I- that's when you get into trouble, but the container itself is, that's what we're here to do. Yes, I agree hundred percent, Victoria. So I actually think that we have a really poor relationship with pain. I understand why no one wants to feel pain. It doesn't feel good, but if we can actually sit and listen to what our pain is trying to tell us, it is actually telling us where we are disconnected from ourself. And then, so what we do when we try and push away that pain, we actually end up identifying with it. Right. And then that is actually sort of like a misappropriation of what the ego is supposed to do. So that's sort of, I call that a false overlay on your ego and on your soul blueprint is when you're identifying with the not you. So when you're identifying with the pain. And I think that when you're trying to figure out, well, what is my lens? Like, you know, where am I God? I think you have to realize that you are always God, even when you're experiencing pain or you're in the middle of trauma or you're, you know, or even when you're enjoying life right now. And I think that you know what I love Eckhart Tolle as well. When they talk about when you bring consciousness to your ego, then you no longer have ego. I think that actually when you bring consciousness to your ego, you're actually integrating it. So now you're no longer just ego. I love um, that. That's a beautiful way of putting it too. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, guys, it's just words. Right. So we're all going to use the words differently, <laughs> but I, I love the way you're using them right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Another thing that I also like to, to mention when I talk about integrating the ego, why we need the ego, why is it important? I talk about like ascended masters, like uh, Jesus, Buddha, uh, Ganesh, Muhammad, we can tell them apart, right? Because they have a personality. They're distinct in some way. And they are just using, they fully integrated their ego in with their higher self-consciousness to the point where now all of a sudden they've realized God as them, right? Cause that's, I, in my work, that's the point, right? To, to experience God as human. And I think that's how we do it. Yeah, no, I think that that's brilliant. And even Eckhart Tolle to go back <laughs> to one of my favorite <laughs> teachers, right? He talks about, I can go in and out of my ego. I can go in and out of thought mm. at will. I'm just not controlled by it anymore. Yeah. Right. 
And I think that's more the goal than anything else, but you chose this human container Mm -hmm. for a reason and you chose to be human for a reason. So, and I think this is what I hear you saying, but if not, you know, tell me, I just, I feel that, you know, you got to honor the human part of the journey and, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't transcend by letting go of that. We transcend, just like you say, by integrating and just recognizing Mm -hmm. that we're more than that and bringing more of the more of that, that beautiful marriage of this thing called life. Yes, exactly. And I, so one of my little beefs <laughs> with <laughs> kind of like the, the light worker community, the new age community is how we always believe that we need to transcend pain. We need to not experience it. Pain is low vibration. Oh. Ego is low vibration. And we have this real, because we use hierarchy as a tool, you know, but we as humans still haven't really figured out that there really is no hierarchy, right? right. So inevitably we demonize what is in the lower part of the hierarchy. And we place things like uh, shame, fear, anger, all those things that we typically describe as ego down there. And I think part of the work is to really liberate that and realize that you can't actually experience anger in a healthy way. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure, you know, because you're a counselor and you come from that background, but my guides, especially this year have taught me that your anger is actually a really healthy way to get energy to move. You know, if, as long as you express it through love, if you're trying to accomplish something with it. You say, I'm not happy with this. I need to establish boundaries or I need to stand up for something in my life. This is making me feel bad. I need to express my anger through communication, or, you know, maybe I need to set up these boundaries. Then that's, that's great. That's awesome. But when we only experience quote unquote, the ego through these quote unquote, lower emotions, then we forget that ego is actually joy and it is also love and that the ego is how we get to experience these things. So it's totally the human condition. That's why we're here. Yeah. Like you said, I love that so very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so very true. And yes, with anger, with all feelings. And I think it's just the human mind, right? The human mind in our human society, everything's hierarchical and everything's good or bad, right or wrong value. And so your mind just keeps wanting to do that. And part of it is stepping out of that and saying, no, everything serves a purpose. And it's about, I believe your orientation to what's going on. And sometimes we need to shift and become more aware so if we're angry, we become more aware of the anger and we ask what it's, what it's, what information it's providing and what it's, it's showing us and how it's helping us and what it's asking us to do. We don't necessarily get lost in that anger and start stabbing people in the eyeballs because um, that's <laughs> usually not the spiritually aligned choice. Right. But no, I think that's so powerful. I, I love what you said there about the orientation of it. Like, what is the orientation you're coming from with your, like your shame even, or your anger, right? Like, are you using it to grow or are you using it to keep you small? And I think that's, that's the difference. I think we fall into that trap so, so often and it's human, right? Like forgive yourself. I do it, but yeah, I love how you, I love how you put that. Thank you. So I'm curious about something else you are, and and we're not done with the whole ego conversation because (laughs) I love, love, love this, but you're an Akashic records reader. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's part of your training. Now, I think I read the Akashic records. I'm mostly self-taught, but I would love, I haven't had anyone who does that on the show yet. So I'd love to hear more about what that means to you, mm-hmm. how you got that training, what it does. And, and then you can help me discern if I do it too. 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, what's funny is I actually, when I was being taught the Akashic Records by one of my previous teachers, there was this whole process of making sure you're in the right zone. Maybe there was putting on like an energetic cloak and yada, yada. And I was like, kind of like offended and like what I had to dress up to be here now <laughs> because I didn't, it took me forever, even after taking that course to realize that when I access your soul blueprint, I'm actually going into your Akashic record. <laughs> so right. that's why I was so like offended that all of a sudden I had to do something fancy. But to me, I experienced the Akashic records as sort of like a dimension. A lot of people experience it as kind of like a hall of records, which makes sense because it is the energetic recording of everything that has ever happened or will happen because time is not linear of creation. And through how I experience it, which is sort of like a dimension, I work with a guide and I say, Hey, I've got this person. They've come to me. They, uh, this is where they were born and yada, yada. Can you give me their information? And then they go out, they pull the information together and they put it to me in this it's neat package. And then that's how I pull through that information. My specific work with the Akashic Records is I make sure that you are not misidentifying with another experience that your God self is having. And so from my perspective and my work, we haven't ever really had any past lives. You have only ever, like I have only ever been Julia, like you have only ever been Victoria, because when we're talking about me or I, or, you know, you were most often talking about our ego, our identity. So when we go up into the God self or the oversoul really is, is how I put it. It sounds creepy. It's like, it's an overlord, but it's really not. And your oversoul is having this like multitude of experiences at the same time, just an infinite number of them. And you can actually through the oversoul connect to a different experience that your oversoul is having concurrently with you and say, oh, well, I also feel persecuted. Perhaps I was a Salem witch in a past life. And so you take that identity as yours. And you say, this is why my life is so hard because I'm dealing with this karma. And it can be karma if you choose to recreate that pain debt, but it doesn't have to be. So that's how I experienced the Akashic record. I sort of sever that cord. I refocus you onto you. And I tell you, you know, what you're created with, what was your, what did you do to become you? I hope that answered your question. Yeah. I'm going to ask some more questions because it actually, it got my brain spinning so much. So, and I think <laughs> I understand you saying, so the Akashic records is just that record of all the different experiences that your soul is having in different perspectives in the present moment, which is the only one we got. So right. we sometimes talk about past and future lives because that makes sense from our human perspective where there is time. Mm -hmm. But it is also my understanding that I, we use that as a rubric, not because it's the real deal. Everything's actually happening at once. It's just hard to wrap our brains around that. Yep. And one of the things that you do is that sometimes if someone is having another experience out there that matches, you know, in some way, the one they're having now that mm -hmm. those things can bleed together and it's nice to clean up that overlay. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So normally it typically comes from some sort of pain, right? Like we're experiencing right. pain. We're looking for some sort of reason, or we're looking for generally it's power. We're looking to be empowered by a different experience because we don't find any in our current life. Ah. And so we say, oh, well, I was a witch and I was, you know, uh, persecuted. And a lot of the times we, you know, pick up persecution complexes, sort of, right. you know, martyrdom. And that is a way that we can like appropriate power from an experience that really has nothing to do with us, or at least it doesn't have to. So yeah, that, that really is like the false overlay experience. That's it. That's a good way to put it. 
You know, and again, what I what I hear you saying too is this idea that a lot of times, you know, you always want to identify with something because yeah. that's what your personality keeps trying to do. <laughs> and so I identify with being a victim. I identify with being persecuted. Mm-hmm. I identify with being the smartest person on the planet, whatever yeah. it is. None of it's uh-huh. who you really are. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And so you help people untangle those things. Yes. Yeah. It's really fun work. It sounds very complicated and it sounds like a lot, but the freedom that you get from no longer trying to be someone else and just instead being who you are is priceless to be a cliche, but the sense of self and validation that you get from knowing that you were specifically created, God, creation, the angels, whoever put all of their energy into creating you. And it's sort of like, well, holy crap. You know, like no one will ever be, you are a special snowflake. No one will ever be you before or has been you before or will be you after. And what's actually even funny is when I started getting, uh, when I was learning mediumship, my guys just started showing me people's soul blueprints and they actually expressed people to me as like a snowflake. Be like, see, this one's this one's special. (laughs) This one's different. And I'm like, oh, I get it. (laughs) Are you a visual? Do you receive your information visually? Do you receive it viscerally? Do you receive it in words? How does it come to you? And what Claire is most prominent? Well, you know, my probably my most prominent is my claircognizance and then also clairsentience. But it's funny because I tend to get symbols first. And then from the symbol, I divine like everything else from it. I love that. That's so cool. And I can, as I tune into, I can see exactly what you do, which is so magnificent. I love it. So if someone comes into you for a reading, say I came into you for a reading, what would that look like? So it's great because now is uh, the time when you can do everything on Zoom. So typically, like, let's say you're going to do like a soul blueprint alignment. And what I would do is I sit you down and I would say, well, is there anything in specific you're looking for? Typically people are just like, Either they have something really specific and they're like, I want to know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I'm like, great, love it. And then sometimes people are like, no, it just seemed like a good idea, which is typically my sign that their guides were like, this person needs this. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I love it that they're listening, you know, because so many people (laughs) will hear that nudge and they they're like, no, no, no. And so the people that just come because they feel the nudge and they're curious, that's like, those are the funnest ones to work with. They are because they're always the ones who are the most surprised. (laughs) Yeah. And the most open sometimes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. And then typically what I do is it's sort of like a combination of pseudo talk therapy and energy healing, right? So I do a lot of attuning through my words and I channel a lot of it. So I get kind of like into state and I don't have to do anything sort of wacky to get there. But then we sit down and I work with your guides and we go over your blueprint. And typically we'll start off with some softballs. We don't normally hit you with the hard balls of, Ooh, you're an energy healer. And you're like, actually I'm a banker. And so we'll talk about, you know, like, what do you like to do? Because that has a lot to do with, it's a great expression of who you are in your blueprint. And then we say, this is why these are the energies that you typically run. This may be what's coming up in your life if you choose to follow the path of your highest good. We do a lot of work on getting you to believe this about yourself because we spend so much time like demonizing our ego and because we spend so much time 
almost like being afraid of being egotistical, saying that, oh, well, this seems magical and fantastical to me. And I'm afraid that if I say it out loud, someone might think that I'm like full of myself or, you know, I'm, I'm reaching too high or I'm doing too much. And so then we pick up false overlays from family members and friends and society and they tell us what's attainable for us. And so then I I gently break them into that (laughs) or not so gently. (laughs) And then we sort of uh, move forward into that. And it's really cool. If, If you're very open to the process and you're very open to being yourself, that the kind of alignment that comes to just saying yes to being who you are means that things happen rapidly. Things that may have taken you decades, years can take months. So it's, I find it so fun. I literally had people come up to me afterwards and they're like, yeah, I'm actually going to go back to school to do that thing. And I'm like, well, good for you. (laughs) You know, I think too, with, with the guidance and we all work differently, you know, it's just so much more direct because your brain will want to do A to B to C to D. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have some really wraparound ways of this has to happen or that won't happen. And, and your soul just knows exactly how to make things happen, right? It's very direct. It's very direct. It really, it's free of all those human encumbrances. And yes, of course, when you get that guidance, there are steps that you often need to take. We live in bodies, we live in a world, and there's a, there's a sense of agency that is required on this journey, but it's usually so much more streamlined. Yes, that's exactly it. And I, I actually, I love how you put that because when you just tune into what your soul wants for you, what you want for you really, and you just sort of surrender to what that desire and that love is, then it sort of almost seems to happen like magic, doesn't it? Because it, it like, you don't have to put nearly as much work into it as you thought you did. Yeah, <laughs> Everything's a struggle because, you know, you're trying to do something that's not really you. Exactly. And, you know, I often say when you're on your path, it feels easy. It's not that there aren't challenges because, you know, Mm -hmm. life always throws all sorts of, you know, not always, but it can often throw stuff our way, but you don't necessarily have that feeling like you're slogging through the mud anymore. Yeah. Like things just, the right people come to you, the right experiences come to you. The more that you're aligned, the more it just seems to happen magically. And when you do have an obstacle, you're like, okay, now I get it. Now I know what this is for. Now I know what Mm -hmm. I need to do. No problem. It's just, you kick the stone out of the way rather than like tripping on it and thinking it was a boulder or turning it into a boulder. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love how you put that. It really is all about alignment and trusting yourself and loving yourself enough to let you have it, you know, because the number one thing that is always in our way, I know that we come from different circumstances and and different, you know, backgrounds and, and things are not always as easy for someone as they are for everyone else, but you are almost 100% of the time the biggest thing in your way. And if you could just realize and accept how awesome you are, how awesome you were created to be and accept every magical, crazy, incredible thing that you want to do, you're going to get so much farther on it than you ever could have if you denied that about yourself. Yeah. And I think so many of us are taught you know, it's not okay to love yourself. It's not okay to feel good about yourself. It's not okay to have dreams because all those things are egotistical. Yeah. Yep. Right. And there are people out there in the world, right. That are so locked in that false sense of self that, you know, I'm a counselor again, and they believe I have an episode coming up on this soon, the narcissistic type approach where, you know, you think the world begins and ends with you, but usually mm-hmm. <laughs> 
friends that are listening to these kinds of podcasts, that's not you, (laughs) you know, it's just not you. And even those people would be magnificent if they weren't so busy uh, trying to prove and find their magnificence and assert their magnificence in all the wrong ways and all the wrong places. And that's just a stage that humans go through sometimes. But you can honor yourself. I mean, when you honor yourself, when you really, truly love yourself, nobody else gets hurt. Exactly. Bingo. And I think that I don't I don't know about you, Victoria, but one of the favorite things about my work is actually showing people that ease and sort of helping them kick the rocks out of their path and to see like, see, all you had to do is move that little pebble and your path is clear. (laughs) And just the sense of relief, the joy that comes from it. I'm like, oh, that makes it all worth it. You know, and I think it actually circle back around to the ego and making friends with your ego. I think that as soon as you, I keep wanting to use the word release, relieve, relax, forgive your ego or forgive your relationship with your ego and how you were relating to it to yourself there. It's almost cathartic. Yeah. You know, and that's really the release that we're looking for. It's because if, if you're trying to accomplish something or you're like, I know I was here for a reason and everything seems so hard. It's because you're holding yourself so tightly. You're literally holding yourself back. Right. And it feels to me like every obstacle in life and every confusion in life and every bad feeling we have about ourselves or others. And, and I use the word bad without judgment. Um, <laughs> a confused feeling, right? It just, yeah. it, it comes from a place of misunderstanding. It comes from a place where, you know, you just haven't shined the love yet yeah. and, or the light of love on. And so when we have that loving stance to ourselves, to those parts of ourselves that are wonky, to those parts of ourselves that are clunky, chunky, that's the word that comes through. And we just give them love and acceptance, then they, they transform. That's all they want. And that's all they need. It's the resisting and the judging that, you know, creates the problems. And then we're, you know, just chasing our tails a lot. So I, I love only with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm fully with you. I actually received a channeling from a couple of my guides much earlier in the year about like the liberation of anger and of shame and of grief in particular. And it was those things only feel bad when we shame ourselves for having them, right? Yes. And expressing them. And that was like sort of a revolutionary idea for me, even someone who like works so closely with the ego, because I was so used to thinking because I was like a quote unquote light worker or spiritual, that every time I felt anger, I was lowering my vibration and harming the collective. And I'm like, first of all, what a God complex. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot to put on myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And second of all, if I can actually engage with these messengers with love and try and, and be like, well, why, why am I feeling this? And they were really like, it's possible for you to transform the situation through everything that you're feeling because they're all messengers. And I was like, Oh, I like that a lot better than how I was doing it before. Yeah. The way I think about it is everything in life is experience. Everything in life is opportunity Mm -hmm. and you just have to be present with it. And that presence, you know, present meaning I'm aware, I'm not judging. I'm treating all experiences with love and wherever I can't, right? Because resistance is normal. Like if you stub your toe, right? It hurts. (laughs) It's okay. If you don't like the pain, then you just, I mean, sometimes it's really fast, but you sit with the part of you that's resisting and you're like, I love that. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter where you start. It's about 
bringing more presence and equanimity to whatever you're experiencing. And then I find that you naturally just gravitate up anyway, because, you know, the, the cloud that passed did its job, you know, it dropped some rain, it, you know, and now the flowers shall grow. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Exactly. It reminds me of when I'm in an uncomfortable yoga pose. I'm like, I have to love this. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, Julia, you don't have to love it. That's the thing. Oh, you yeah. can love the fact that right. you don't love it. And that's, that's so a beautiful true. place to start. Yep. And you can also get out of it if it's really uncomfortable. Like don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. We always have a choice. I'm really curious about this. So mm. are you self-taught? Did you take classes? Like how did you get to do what you're doing? Mm, so I am someone who loves learning and being taught. So I sort of got into this in sort of a, uh, I guess, a self-taught kind of a way. I really dove into meditation and through meditation, I started having all these spiritual experiences. One finally stuck and I was like, maybe I should take this seriously. And then I worked with a medium who attempted to teach me what I called like traditional mediumship. You know, when you think of like Teresa Caputo, but my guides just gave me soul blueprints. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's this now. And so, <laughs> and so I, I focused on soul blueprints and I've always been interested in the Akashic records. I find it fascinating. I still find it fascinating. The Akashic records to me is where I get my most potent knowledge and information. And so I, I hooked up with a teacher who was able to teach me the process through how she learned it from her teacher. I've tweaked it a little bit to fit my needs and practice because I had already been working in the Akashic Records with not even knowing it. And that's how I came to that. So I do have certifications. I have a long list of teachers that I do work with because I think that's important to still be learning. But yeah, I, I definitely am someone who goes out and seeks other experts to learn from. But you know what I love that I hear you saying, and I really want listeners to hear this too, is you're saying, I get these teachers, I get this information, but then I vet it with myself. I mm. listen to my guides and I make it my own. That's and true. that's so powerful and that's so important. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. There are a lot of teachers out there who are not necessarily harmful or bad, but it, you have your own process right? You are unique. This is your unique lens. And the way that you're going to connect into things is going to be as unique as you. So the way that my teacher connects into the Akashic records is specific to her. She was teaching us her path because that's really all that she knew. And so I was like, well, that works and that doesn't. And I'm going to substitute this instead because, you know, I, I with my own practice, know what works for me. So I, meditation, hands down, is always what I recommend people start with. Yeah, that can be really helpful. Although one of my teachers has never, who's an amazing, gifted, intuitive and medium and all of that stuff. She says she's never meditated a moment in her life. So really, yeah. So it's really yeah. different for everyone. Meditation was helpful That's for me true. too, mm -hmm. but I love it. And I know I'm one of those people who is, like, it's funny because I have like lots of education and lots of training, but when it came to doing what I do in terms of the intuitive, totally self-taught and really like resistant to, you know, any teacher and there's nothing wrong with it. And I feel this way, both in teachings, you know, in my traditional psychology background and also teachings more in the woo side of things. Mm -hmm. I always feel like it's so important to me personally, and, and it might be different for other people to have that space to do it the way it comes to me and to pick and choose what resonates, what fits, yeah. because sometimes, you know, you're not going to do it like somebody else. When I teach, what I try to do is help people figure out what they're doing. And 
leverage that. I might share some of my process because sometimes some of my process resonates with you. But if you're just teaching your process, you're doing everybody else a disservice, right? Because we're all going to have a unique process. There's, I can't teach you what I can do. I can help you uh, figure out how to do what you're going to do. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Exactly. I, I believe that as well. When I, I teach, I like to tell people that if you find something in this that doesn't work for you, please feel free to get rid of it because I'm not here to dictate how you connect into the divine. You are a divine being and you are inherently connected, but we're just figuring out what you like to do best. And if you don't like this, then stuff it, you know, throw it out, find something that does work. But I do really like how you're self-taught. I actually have the medium that I trained under was entirely self-taught and she is hands down the best medium I have ever worked with. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so evidential, like almost spooky. <laughs> you know? yeah. And because I think you form such a strong connection with your guides that way, and you don't have to sort through what works for you and what doesn't, because you are typically only plugged into what does work for you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I love her energy. She's very no nonsense and very mm-hmm. disciplined <laughs> if I'm reading yeah. her correctly. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And she's been doing this since she was a child. So it's very familiar to her. Wow, that's Mm. so cool. Yeah. All right. I am sad to say we are getting to the tail end of this interview. I know we're going to talk again. I'm just, I'm so excited to collaborate and talk more. I'm so excited. But is there anything else that we haven't covered? I'm going to give you a chance at the end to tell all about, you know, how to find you. But is there any other topics or anything else that you feel called to share with listeners right now that we haven't gotten to yet? Um, so one of the other things that I like to talk about when I am talking about the ego is the usefulness of integrating play into your ego and relating to your ego in a playful way. Um, we have a lot of heaviness on the ego and I, even when we say the word ego, right? Like sometimes it can make us a little shaky and a little uncomfortable. Like if we're really, if we sit with it, we get, we're like, eh, I'm not supposed to have one of those, but your ego is really a tool for play. Like it's how the universe is playing with being Victoria or with being Julia. And so I think that it's so beautiful. If you can use your ego to identify with the things that you love rather than how we are searching for identity and things that we don't like or we what we hate even, then I think that you'll be able to turn around and transform your relationship with your ego to something that you, you actually want to engage with and nurture. So that's, those are that's some nice. wise and beautiful words. I'm just, that's so beautiful. And it's so true when you can embrace your personality from that place of play and joy and preference and fun and expression and curiosity and creativity. Like that's when life gets really, really fun. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad we chatted. Okay. Now is your, your chance. Please, please, please tell listeners how to find you, how to connect with you, how to work with you. Thank you so much. So you can find me at divinerealignment.com. I'm also on YouTube, I think under divine realignment, but it's like some weird code there, but um, just search divine realignment on YouTube. I'm also on Instagram at divine.realignment and I'm on Facebook at divine realignment 377. Basically I'm divine realignment across the board. You can either contact me through my website or you can contact me through possibly the messenger if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about what I do. But if you're interested in knowing more, I do have a blog section on my website that tells you a little bit more on like the foundations of where my work comes from and what we'll be working towards together. But thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you so much for being here. And as always, we'll have all of that information in the show notes and tune in because I know that we will have 
Julia, again, going live in the Facebook group too, when this episode goes live. So check that out. Tune in. I'm just, I'm so grateful to connect with you and thank you so much again. And thanks everyone for tuning in today and namaste. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.